0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Hey, why are you here today? Do you know? I know why I'm here. We are attempting to rediscover the ancient way. Well, what is that? Well, hopefully we address that in some level. Every single time we sit down together, if you will. So I'm glad you're along Um, may we be reckoned amongst those who are being found in the way, followers of the way, the Messiah, the the distinct followers of Yeshua, the set-apart ones. I want to be numbered among those people. Now, those people will look alien now. Remember how I said a couple weeks back how I watched this snippet of this super-duper celebrity pastor-preacher. I would do air quotes if this was a video, but there's no point. You can't see me. He's been branded a pastor, and that's not for me to decide. But if you remember, about a month ago, I said I saw this snippet of an interview with him on one of the most major news networks that there is. And they asked him to, to, to explain how do you dispel all these viewpoints of of pastors and preachers and evangelists and how do you how do you do that? How do you function as a as a pastor in in this millennial age? I mean, look at you. You're hip, you're cool, you're trendy, you look like a model. How do you do it, friend? <laughs> well, you know, I just really believe that doesn't matter what we do, doesn't matter how we look, doesn't matter what we watch, what we eat, what we listen to. None of that really matters. The problem, the misconception is that people think that Christians, and especially pastors, preachers, are aliens or something, and we're trying to just dispel that bad rumor. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know how many times I've thought of that over the last couple of weeks, and I just keep going over in my head. I'm like, did he really say that <laughs> to millions of people through that broadcast? Oh, Lord, help us. That dude's got problems, and guess what? Hey, I've got a couple, a couple hundred. <laughs> oh, man, so that's what I want to talk about right now, and it stems out of this. Um, I was doing some work today. I'm just now pulling out of of where I was working today. I work somewhere different every day. I go out, which I just love, man. I, I God is good. I don't have a monotonous boring life. I get to be in different places with different people. Man, the kindness of God in, in my life. It's just I'm 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 so undeserving that I actually get paid good money to do what I do. It's ridiculous. What a blessing! But I was talking to a friend acquaintance. You know, he's a business acquaintance. I I can't call him a friend. I don't know the guy. He's friendly. I like talking to him. But um, today he said we were having a conversation. He said, "Man, where are you from? You're not you're not from around here." I said, "Well, I, I spent twenty some years in the Midwest. You know, I grew up in Illinois." Um. Yeah, I'm not from here. I said, well, why did you say that, though? He said, well, you've just got a hint of an accent. You know, there's just a little bit of something in the way that you talk that I can just tell you're not from here. Now, I'm down in East Tennessee. I'm pulling out now, heading north back to Virginia where I live. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, but East Tennessee, born and raised now, locals, their, their accent is pretty distinguishable. And it's absolutely it's absolutely the same where I am in the mountains of southwestern Virginia for sure. It's pretty distinctive, definitely identifiable. And but I I don't remember anybody really saying, "Hey, you're you're not from around here, are you?" Most people don't say anything like that. And um, but anyway, we were just having a conversation, and the way he said it, something just got embedded in my thoughts, and so I I for the last three hours I've just kind of been chewing on that. And again, it was the way he said it, just the verbiage that he used. Again, I, I I'd like to think that I think as a spiritual man and respond accordingly. And um, so that conversation ended. Whatever, I went back to work. And as I'm working, I'm just thinking about the again the the exact words he used, which was, "You've just got a little bit of that Midwestern accent that that is still in." your voice, just the way you talk. And I just thought, huh, well, that's just interesting. Now, I've been gone a long time. I left Illinois when I was, I don't know, 20? Um, Be it as it may, it's been a long time. And then, you know, I went to the South. I went to Louisiana. Uh, I went to Texas. I moved to... Be with my beautiful bride in Atlanta. Moved to northeast Georgia, um, away from Atlanta about an hour and a half. And so I've been in the South for, you know, over 20 years. Um, I want to say 22 years, well, 23. So whatever, half of my life I've been in the South now. And my friends back home, they give me a hard time. Um, whenever I do, albeit rarely, talk to my friends back home that I went to high school with um, who remained in, in, in Illinois and lived just south of Chicago. I, you know, I, whenever I do get to see anyone up there, they make fun of me greatly, especially with y'all and fixin' to and all these things we say in the south. Oh, can I say that? Can I say that we say that's probably not appropriate. I'm probably not allowed to say that, although I have been here 23 years. <laughs> I'm still how, how y'all Southerners talk, <laughs> I should say, to be appropriate. My wife would probably even correct me. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just really hung on to the fact that he said, you know, you've got a little bit of that accent left. And so as I went back to work, I just started to think about different scriptures um, of the spiritual principle within that, um, the, of course, the first and foremost thing I thought of, and again, I'm driving. I, my Bible's beside me in the seat. Could I stop and and read several texts? Yes, but I've got a big, I've got to get back home um, to have dinner with some friends this evening. So I've got to go. I've got to be a responsible man now. I've got to get home to my family and my responsibilities. So, but I was reminded of um, Ephesians five talking about being imitators of God, um, being beloved children, um, love in the same way the Messiah has loved us and the way He gave Himself for us, that, that our lives can be a sacrifice and a pleasing aroma that ascends to the Father. Being an imitator of Yahweh. Now, boy, we could set up camp right here, right now. An imitator of God? Whoa, okay. Um, That could take a lifetime. Yes and amen. But it goes into, in verse 3, talking about immorality, impurity, greed, filthiness, silly talk, coarse jesting, coveting, idolatry. It talks about all these different attributes and and depending on what version you find, what one you're looking at, some say there must not even be a hint of these things in your life. And so here's where I want to just pull up a chair and sit down for a few minutes with you if you, if you don't mind. Friends, just like this, this guy brought out to me this, this recognizable hint of an accent that was not to this specific to this region, Friends, there are things in my life. There are things in your life that are hints of things that should be gone in our lives. Now, let's be clear who am I talking to? I'm not talking to the world. I'm not talking to the wide way religious church who believes they were born by bloodline into Christianity. They may have, actually. You, you can be born into Christianity, but you cannot be born into Yeshua Messiah. Let's just be clear. You can carry on the lineage and heritage of religion. Yeah, that's what most of the world does. Born Catholic. Born Protestant. I mean, you know, that is possible, yes, but there, we're not talking any life-giving substance. We're just talking about formulaic religion but I am speaking to the regenerated Christ man. Okay? Like, we've got to get that through our thinking. Like, I'm telling you, almost every teaching that you hear is speaking through the absolute presumption that whoever's listening is actually the biblical example of being born again. We just assume, hey, hey, you, you're in church, you believe in Jesus, right? Oh, well, sure, I believe in Jesus. You better believe it. God is good. Well, God's good all the time, brother. Fist bump. We're not talking about that. I'm not, And I'm not talking to those Broadway people. Okay? I mean, it's not wrong for us to be precise now and to be sure the audience we're speaking to and the audience that we, in fact, ourselves are in. Okay? I am speaking of an empowered by the Spirit of God Christ man, and Emmanuel man. I am now the flesh representation of the eternal God. I am in Him. It's no longer I that live. I'm, I'm born again, regenerated, born of the water and born of the Spirit. I, I've completed the necessary requirements, if you will, to enter into the kingdom. I'm in it. I'm in there. That's my dwelling. I've removed myself by choice and by surrender unto the way of the Messiah to be transferred from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. It is my residence. It is my abode. And so for these Emmanuel men who love not their life unto death, who don't walk around fueled by self-defense and self-awareness, these men are who this scripture is talking about. Okay, you are what? Dearly beloved children of God who are to walk in the agape love of the Father that they have been shown the same way that Messiah showed it to us in our undeservedness, in our sin, in our shame, in our rebellion. We respond to the goodness of the Father and it led us to repentance. Repentance which led us to and through the Messiah to get to the eternal Father. And so all these things in in that specific version now, they're all different. You can look through three or four alone and find probably three or four different wordings. I like the one because of the imagery of it. Let there be no hint of. And some versions say, may it not be named among you. May it not even be in the vicinity of who you are. And I don't know all of them. I do know it's idolatry. talks a lot about the way you speak, the words from your mouth. Instead of giving thanksgiving, we're we're talking, one version says, silliness. Oh, man. whoo boy. Don't even get me started on our children and silliness and what we allow and what we permit with our households. Ridiculous silliness. Lawlessness. Immorality. Filthiness. And the scripture says, you know, Paul is speaking to the Ephesian church. He's making it clear. Look, y'all, there should no longer be any hint of these things in you. In your fellowship, Ephesian church, okay, we're talking a group of people. We do realize that now. Paul's not having private meetings behind a confessional wall saying, dear brother Joel, this is for you and you alone. He's talking to a body of people. He's talking to a congregation gathered to hear his instruction. And he's saying, Look, friends, don't let there even be any little bit of a taint of these worldly, pagan, natural, domain of darkness attributes, even in your vicinity. No hint. No, no little, no little aroma. I, oh, I smell a little. I smell a little spiritual funk on you, brother. Oh God, may that be our trajectory. May that be our trajectory is moving further and further. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, the word of the Lord right now in this millisecond is the lot and his family um, message. I'm telling you, I don't know how many people over the last two weeks I've been talking to, and the Lord brings me right to Lot and the destruction of Sodom. This is the third time in in four days, right here, right now. I'm telling you, what is the word of the Lord coming out to the churches? Listen, you've been delivered, you've been spared. The judgment of God, listen friend, it's not for you. It's not for you, but we're not bringing the hand of judgment down on this land until you come out. Now, we're not talking the rapture, get them out, suck them up into space so that they have nothing to endure. That is foolishness, that's childish ways, that's thinking according to the natural relief-minded mentality. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the beginning, the onset, the, the onset of moving away. Out of what? Sin. Idolatry. Filthiness, sickness, disease, wretchedness. One version that I looked at quickly while I was working says whoredom. Now, there's a word we don't hear much in the church anymore, do we? Oh boy, don't say that. Well, if you're talking about Susie down the road, then yes and amen. I want to hear about her now. (laughs) But what about the whoredom of the body? What about the whoredom of the bride? Oh, I hear hear crickets chirping. I better move on. Okay, so what we're talking about is no hint, no little bit of a smell, no little bit of a... Okay, so like have you ever had meat or or cheese or any food item for that matter? Maybe milk is the best demonstration, the best example. You crack open a a jar of milk, uh, uh, a jar, um, whatever, a container of milk. And what do you do? If, if there's any question or speculation that it might be off, do it a little smell. You know right away, friend, don't you? Ooh, boy, no good. Throw it out. Why? Because it even has a hint of being past its date, past consumption. It's, it's no good, man. It's going to make you sick. It's going to make you ill. If you consume that, you will be sick. Now, let's, okay, so let's be real precise now, according to the scripture, because we're talking about a hint, okay? A let it, don't let it even be in your vicinity. Let's just say, for the sake of example, well, have you, okay, so I've done this, I'll use this as a perfect demonstration. I've opened meat before, a deer, I think it was uh, deer that I had shot and had been in the refrigerator and like... Deer already smells kind of funky, so you got to be careful. But like, oh, man, I don't know. This could go either way. Yeah, this, I don't know, man. Honey, what do you think? You smell it. I don't know. I think it smells wretched to begin with when it's fresh. So, okay, well, that doesn't help me. Let me smell it again. And you have this little point of decision. Do I throw out and waste something or do I risk eating it even if I cook it triple extra well, you know what? This might make me sick. Now, a wise man would say, forget it. It's not worth the It's not worth the risk. It's not worth it. Why? I don't want to be up throwing up all night long. I don't want my son sick in the bathroom all night. You get what I'm saying. There's a hint of possibility that this is tainted and it's no good. So you know what? It's just got to go. It's got to go. Just like that that guy said to me, y'all, I can just tell there's a little bit of accent still in your voice from where you spent most of your life. Now, listen to what I'm saying, guys. Listen to what I'm saying. May that not always be the case for us who are maturing Christ men. I I wrestle as I say that to think, you know, I'm, I'm a realist, I know that even as I cleanse this temple, I wash my hands, I purify my body, I am the temple, things are constantly going out that are going to corrupt this temple, this house of the Lord now, I'm an abode of Yahweh eternal, y'all, but you know, I'm a realist, like I there's always going to be something in there that's got to go. There's always going to be a, from my perspective now, and may I be doctrinally corrected if this is not true. I just don't, I think anything else you got to be careful because then you can really become arrogant and say, hey, or okay, so let's say this. Let's be wise, mature sons. Let's just say there will always be things in me that I'm not presently aware of. Like, I'm going to be honest, right this millisecond, I honestly don't know of something that I'm aware of that's got to get out of the temple. I have been in a season for 13 weeks, hard and heavy, of eradicating things from this temple. I mean, it's been ongoing for years, as it is for everyone who's pursuing the Lord. I mean, like, getting up earlier, denying myself, fasting, praying, studying the Word. Turning off basketball games, we already don't have a television, we already don't do entertainment, we don't do video games, we don't do things. We're already out. We've already come out a million miles. But hey, there's more in there. There's more in there, and I'm not going to defile this temple. When the Lord brings something to my mind, when He illuminates it by His Spirit, brothers, it's got to go. It's going out. I want no hint of these things in my life. I don't want anybody to say, hey, you know what, brother? Yes and amen, What blah, 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 about my walk with the Lord and my intimacy with the Father. But brother, you know what? There's some stink coming out of you. You know what? Number one, let's be okay when that comes. That is absolutely necessary for us. The body of Christ needs some men. The body of Christ needs some men. You hear what I'm saying? Will you be a spiritual man and quit being such a spiritual pansy who says, hey, don't tell me that. I can't believe you think there's something wrong with me. I can't believe you think that there's anything I need to change. Don't you know how holy I am? Oh, friends, brothers, if you're a man listening to this, be a spiritual man. You know what a spiritual man is? Somebody who can take a spiritual whooping. That's who he is. Somebody who can say, you know what, bring it on. Bring it on, brother. Correct me. Look into my life. Now look into my life. Don't make presumptions based on who you think I am. Get to know me. Get in there with me. Be transparent with me. And peer into my heart. According to the Spirit of the Lord now. According to praying and fasting towards even me. Yeah, you better believe it. Bring it on, right? Why are we so afraid of being told anything that we're falling short in as believers? What? A, why Men are so shocked. I can't believe you would tell me that you think that that's wrong with me. I can't. Oh, how can... Oh, my gosh. We're so surprised. Oh, my gosh, we have problems. So may we be mature men who what? You know what, friend? Hey, put on your nose, Sniff me out, right? Look around real good. You get up close to me now. If these are relationships that the Lord has brought together via the intersection of His handiwork, of the intersection of the Spirit who's aligned you with another brother, another sister, and the Lord Himself confirms these are, in fact, people you are to join your heart with for a day or for 50 years, Okay, take a good hard look in here, brother. I'm wide open. You know what? That's where I went with our immersion 12 weeks ago, 13 weeks ago. Hey, you know what? I'm on display. Take a good hard look at me. Here I am. I got nothing to hide. My identity is going into the sun. It's going into Him. It's in Him. I am giving myself to join with His righteousness. And so there's nothing to me left. So, hey, take a good hard look, brother. I don't care. Now, is it easy? Nope. Well, I have a natural tendency to jerk back and say, hey, man, back off. Yep, probably so. But you know what the problem is? And I'm going to have to bring this to a close. You know what the problem is? When there is a a desire in a man to truly be laid bare and say, brother, look into me. Look into me. See if there is any hint of these things in my life. You know what? There's very few brothers who are willing to do it. There's very, very, very few brothers who are willing to say, all right, man, I will will join myself with you to hear the word of the Lord for you. And I, in humility, will listen to what the Spirit says, and in confidence, free free from timidity, I will speak the full oracle of God to you, brother in gentleness and kindness and in harshness when necessary. There's times for a soft voice and there's time for a rod. Can we just be grown men? So, friends, may we be people who are constantly infatuated with cleaning out this temple. I mean infatuated. It's time to clean the house. This is God's abode now. Again, if you, hit, if you fit the criteria I already said earlier, this isn't for every man. This isn't something, some broad net you just throw on all of humanity. This is for the Christ man. We're talking narrow. And then what I'm sharing in the narrow is even more narrowing. Few are going to want to go there, friends. Few are going to want to say, hey, I give up my rights. I give up my identity. I give up my voice to stand up and defend myself and tell you who I am. Get it out. Help me. You will see things in me that I don't see myself. Help me to get it out, friend. Let's do that for one another. Can we do that? Can the body of Christ join themselves arm in arm? Man, this springboard's, and now I'm going to close for real. This springboard's right off of my last message that I recorded. Oh, man, it was this morning. This morning. about oh man, well the series I just finished about the unity of the spirit the, the mystery of the harmonious union the necessity of true brotherhood seeing one another no longer according to the flesh but absolutely dependent upon the unity of the spirit man, we've got to find that I believe it's coming I really do. I have faith to believe there's men coming out and in to become these men who they say, you know what? There's been plenty of men to sniff out others now. There's been an endless parade of people looking to point out others' faults. It's been mishandled. It's been misappropriated. You know what? It's time for the brothers to give and to take. To give and to receive. It's time for both. It's time for the balanced, mature spiritual man to say, you know what? Now I'm going to dish it out, brother. When I see something, when I see a hint of idolatry in you, brother, I'm calling it out. And you know what? When you see it in me, brother, you better tell me. You better tell me. Hurt my feelings. I don't care. Friends, I need that. Man, if you're listening to that, if you're listening to this and you do that, message me, call me, Facebook me, email me. I'm not playing. I'm not joking. If that's what you do, reach out to me. If that's what you want and don't have, reach out to me. It's time for the intersection of believers. It's time for the intersection of believers in this hour. Again, we're not looking for spiritual bros, we're not looking for mere camaraderie. We're not looking for a movement. We're looking for men, spiritual men, God men, who have lost themselves, literally now, lost themselves into Yeshua so much, man, you can't even find them in there. Man, brother, I'm not hearing anything about like your identity as a natural man. All I'm hearing about is Yeshua in you. Amen. So be it for us. So be it. So let's get rid of it. Every single thing, every hint, it's got to go. It's got to go, friends. Let it go. Amen.